Hello and welcome to the Media Leader Podcast. I'm Jack Benjamin. In April, my colleague Ella Segar and I spoke to a number of delegates at our event, The Future of Brands 2023. We were curious what they thought the most important topics in marketing and advertising are right now, and the key challenges facing our industry over the next few years. They also gave personal takeaways from the event. Collected here are four such interviews discussing their insights. We hope you enjoy. I'm here today with Neil Robinson, Customer Transformation Senior Director, uh, Media and Telco at Salesforce. And uh, we're sort of wrapping, uh, unwrapping the future of brands, which occurred yesterday. So, Neil, what would you say were your biggest takeaways from the event yesterday? We don't do a lot of these events at Salesforce. We don't immerse ourselves in the industry. So we do more of it, but we don't do a lot. So takeaway number one was clearly about connecting the dots through the value chain. You know, the, the representatives of the attendees yesterday were across a pretty broad church of media. And the, the, the more you see, you know, in person, the more you can connect the dots and think about the problems and solutions. So takeaway number one is that we're better together as an industry. Um, takeaway number two was there was a vibe. It was actually quite good. I, I, I like the energy in the room. And, you know, different perspectives do that. They, they create emotion and reasons to actually pursue kind of uh, solutions to, to problems. And I think, you know, get really invigorated by, by these kind of events. So I was mm. upbeat. Oh, it's great to hear. Um, what would you say, after listening to the events, but also just in, in, in your own thoughts, What's most important in marketing and advertising today? Yeah, I think about this a lot because we, we often get asked this question when, particularly from our product teams, because we're trying to solve, solve problems for the industry. So trust, a lot of people talk about it, but what's it actually mean? So trust for the advertising and marketing industry right now is really important, but not just tr trust in a generic way. Mm. Trust with policymakers, because I think regulatory pressure is going to be the biggest kind of barrier to success for advertising and marketing teams. Mm -hmm. If we're not able to, to work with policymakers around data compliance, data privacy, how you, how you use different siloed data sources and make sure that that consumer trust is, is protected. And I think it's incumbent on the industry to, to really be, be proactive about that with policy rather than being served policy and reg regulatory boundaries, which actually the industry can't work within. Mm. Then I think using that same kind of feeling, trust around ESG and policy and uh, regulatory pressure, I think is another area. We're, we in the marketing advertising industry really love a commitment. We love saying, okay, we're going to stand for this, going to stand for that. Mm. But I think if you look at what's happening in, in uh, regulation, I think there's going to be a lot more restrictions and um, an accountability placed on the, the industry to actually deliver what they promise. So I think that's a, that's a pretty meaty one to, to suggest. Um, there's more. There's, there's business impact and effectiveness. Obviously, that's hot right now. I think Essence Mediacom with their... 4M kind of policy, media mix modeling is back, which mm. is great. I think that's important because I think we've gone a little bit awry from the, the, the purpose of marketing and advertising, and this will help bring it back. Mm. And then probably CMOs, I think, ascendancy in the boardroom, making sure they, they work across a pretty broad spectrum of uh, responsibilities, whether it's customer experience, whether it's data, whether it's brand marketing, advertising, whether it's you know, even, even down to employee experience. Marketers, advertisers... 
they kind of, they need to step up to the boardroom and have serious conversations about the impact across the whole business that mm. their role actually, actually sort of empowers. Mm. So you named quite a few different topics of their big issues um, facing the industry now. What would you consider to be like the key challenge um, if you could only pick one that the industry is facing over the next two years to solve? Yeah. Again, we, you know, I work in technology and we work in technology solutions for enterprises through the value chain, whether it's a media owner, agency, brands, working with data. I think the next two years, there's a lot. We love a fad in the industry. We, we, love, we love talking about the next shiny new thing. But I, I, I think that's, um, that's the biggest problem. That's the biggest challenge. Where do you place your bets? Where do you put your money, your investment, to build both short and long-term sort of capability mm. in the industry. And that's about a technology solution, clearly linked to the, uh, the digital capability of the people as value creators in your organization. So the industry has a people problem, it has an investment problem. And I think if we get those two things right, the industry will continue to evolve, thrive and survive, which is um, clearly our aim to be part of that conversation. Mm. And of course, coming to a, an event with lots of people is, is certainly a, a good way to help that out. Were there any conference sessions that really stuck out to you as particularly interesting from yesterday? Yeah, I, I always love the nonprofit kind of ones. That's just me. Shelter was amazing. Uh, so important to see the impact on funding of their, their recent campaign that got highlighted, 41% increase in funding over that period. These are, these are the accountabilities, the effectiveness that we need to continue to sort of uh, communicate through to sort of uh, people who make investment decisions, I guess, the power. Mm. Um, but also the, um, the, the purpose, you know, this, this industry changes communities, it changes lives. And I know that's very, a lot of people say that, but I love being reminded of it when I come to these events. The other one's probably the one about data, you know, it's a, it's a big subject, um, we talked about it at length with the 40 minutes we got, but I would have loved to have gone deeper into that because the siloed nature of data is, is one of marketers, advertisers' biggest problems. Mm. I'm sure there will be many more opportunities to discuss uh, that topic in the future, but I uh, really appreciate that. Uh, Neil, thanks so much for your time. Absolute pleasure, and good luck with these events. They're amazing. Uh, I'm here with Martin Bentley, Head of Commercial UK at Audience Project. Martin, Future Brands was yesterday. What were some of your big takeaways from the event? Yeah, hi, uh, great to be here. Um, I think there was, there was a lot of information yesterday. And I think that one of the big takeaways for me is how much the, the marketers have got to deal with kind of noise in terms of like measurement. I, we come from the measurement part of the industry. There's a lot of vendors out there. There's a lot of great solutions and there's a lot of numbers coming at them. And I think... One of the big takeaways is really, wow, they've got a lot to deal with when you really kind of listen to things from their point of view. And they're, they're kind of like our customers or our prospects. Mm. So that, that was really big. Um, I, I learned quite a lot as well, because I'm not, a, whilst I work for a market research company, I'm not a career researcher. Mm. So there were a couple of sessions where actually, I think it was Gordon from Adidas, who, who was also on the panel I was on, but he did a really good kind of solo session really about their approach to M MMM mixed mm. media, market mix modeling. It's not something I'm hugely familiar with, so I just found that very educational. Mm. Um, and I would imagine a few people would say this, John Hegarty, so John Hegarty was, was really interesting and, 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 and just something a bit different from all the kind of more like 
media and data stuff. Like suddenly you've got this highly experienced and, and successful kind of media elder, if, if, if you like, don't know whether he'd like that, <laughs> putting a very different point of view on things. And, and you know, the, probably the biggest takeaway for me is from the whole thing was really his approach to sort of problem solving and challenges such as like media fragmentation, like mm. there is opportunity in that. Mm. What are some of the other challenges? I mean, media fragmentation, that's, that's a huge one that we're, I feel like we're constantly talking about. But what other big challenges are, are facing the, the industry at the moment? Well, right now, I would say hay fever, actually, because I think more or less everyone's got it. <laughs> but apart from that, um, excuse me, um, the, I mean, there's a big list of challenges, right? So I think to kind of summarize more from our perspective, privacy has been really challenging because it's made, or it's certainly given the perception that things are harder because of privacy. Mm. You know, arguably, they may not actually be in our point of view, but it also creates opportunity because if you can kind of solve around that to, to get a clearer picture, despite privacy and fragmentation, then there's a kind of uh, opportunity in that. Mm. Um, I, I would sort of say confusion to a certain extent. I think there's just so much change all the time in terms of like new channels popping up, the way ID and privacy fit together and create challenges. There's just so much to constantly be on top of and ahead of. I mm. think it creates a huge um, kind of almost brain fog for, for people because you just don't know what's going to happen next. Which, you know, it, there can be advantages or opportunities in that because if you can kind of work out how to traverse that and, and, and create some more clarity through types of measurement or whatever your approach may be, there is a, there is a commercial advantage if you can kind of get through that. Lots of challenges. What would you say, just looking ahead, what should be the priority? Priority, oh, I really um, struggle with that one because two years, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it's, yeah. it's uh, so much could happen. So AI could take over the world within two years. Yeah, AI, does, <laughs> I don't perhaps think about AI as much as I should do. But I mean, we've certainly as a company which uses a lot of technology and builds its own technology, we, what I understand about AI from talking to our tech and data teams is that they largely see it as, um, as useful um, I don't know much about coding, but they say that it's a, the kind of chat GPT tool is really good at helping solving coding problems faster. Mm. So I think, you know, it, it's new. A lot of people don't really understand it. I'm one of them. <laughs> but if the people that are the experts are seeing that largely as an opportunity, um, I, I'm reasonably uh, optimistic about that. Mm. But I mean, honestly, I think it's just the pace of changes. The biggest challenge and you can't really put a timeline on that i mean from a marketer's point of view for example was it late last year or early this year with netflix suddenly having an ad offering what do they do with that there's, mm. there's very little data there's a little bit of data through the barb thing in the uk but it's it's not kind of spot data so but how, how does a marketer respond to that mm. yeah it's, mm. it's, it's difficult to answer those questions you mentioned you had a really you really enjoyed sir john's talk yesterday was there a favorite like Hegartyism or some or, or quote that that you can remember him saying that you really enjoyed yeah it was it was actually um to do with with because he sort of was talking about the, the the kind of he didn't use the word whining but the, the kind of moaning or whining or complaint that there's so much fragmentation and his response to that was was really kind of a classic clear focus kind of response from someone like that, which was, well, do you think Elon Musk worries about media fragmentation? <laughs> no, he thinks differently and he fires a car into space. And right. <laughs> that can be applied, I think, in all of our less interesting or exciting or creative disciplines that just to think around the challenges and, and think about firing cars into space, how can you, how can you be more interesting? 
Uh, today I'm here with Nick Henthorn, who's VP of Sales UK at InfoSum. It's quite a nice title you have. Uh, thanks for joining me, Nick. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much for having us. Oh. And, uh, thanks for a great event yesterday. I'm glad you liked it. So, with the, the dust is settling a bit after the future of brands, it was three rooms, three stages, lots and lots of content to get through. And I guess it's all trying to answer that one question of what is the most important thing in marketing and advertising right now for, you know, as people working in the industry. Do you have a take on that? I think it's really hard to answer the one single thing mm -hmm. because there's a multitude of challenges at the moment. We're all very aware of the economic challenges out there and how they're impacting things like budgets. Um, but I'll take a slightly bias or focused view towards an area of knowledge, which is really around the how to describe it, the avoidance potentially by some organisations of the reality that the third party cookies on its way out and that organisations need to develop a first party data strategy to counter this alongside other solutions. And it's not like that's the only thing in the market and contextuals on the rise and everything. And we heard that yesterday. But yeah, organisations need to think about what they're going to do with their first party data. Um, and, and that in itself creates a series of knock on challenges. So trust. And trust was a common theme yesterday, as we heard across lots of different um, talks. Trust with the consumer is critical. As you start to work with things like first-party data, you're potentially exposing the erosion of that trust. So real challenge. And then the, the other is, is very much around the scale and the deprecation, potential deprecation of scale that comes from transitioning away from third-party data to first-party data. So I think the, the counter to the challenge is there are lots of organizations out there who've got a plan now. They've got their first-party data strategies, they're putting them into play, and we saw brands yesterday like Danone, Heineken, and others really driving forward to that plan. It's, it's more my concern for others who have maybe put their heads in the sand a little bit, hoping that it would mm -hmm. never really happen. Get delayed again, yes. get pushed yeah. back again. And, and the reality is that as you transition from third to first party, it's, it's not an instant fix. Mm -hmm. It is a sort of crawl, walk, run evolution. So organisations really need to think about harnessing that soon Mm -hmm. to ensure that they've got a plan in place for the eventual time at which the third-party cookie finally disappears. Do you think that's a big misconception about first-party data, that you can just immediately kind of get up to speed and, and that it kind of does every... Well, a lot of things that third-party cookies, you know, that they're kind of... It's like apples and pears. You know, the way in which third-party data worked and the ease of access, the scale that you could buy on, performance or not, or quality or not, let's put that aside, it was easy. Mm. When you start to think about first-party data collaboration, you're into a world of, again, trust. And this time, it's trust now between two organizations. Mm. You've got to find the mechanism of technology. I'll say clean room, because we're one of many, um, to enable that collaboration. But you've also got to have the right people in place. You've got to have the right ability to create that first-party data within your own organization, leveraging things like a CDP. It's not just an instant fix. You can't just switch from, I've got a DMP, to I'm going to buy a CDP in a clean room. Mm -hmm. That's actually quite a, a project in its own right, and, and organisations need to be prepared for that. Once they've got that technology in place and those people in place, it's then a case of thinking about who they're going to collaborate with, how, how they're going to run tests and learn. You know, the, the, the reality is as, as that ecosystem builds and there's more and more on the supply side, you know, the CTV partners, the digital partners are all adopting these first-party-led approaches alongside the, the data companies, the Dunhumbies and Nexus of the world, brands are, are going to be almost struggle with just the sheer volume of, of things they could do mm 
-hmm. And in order to, to enable that transition, they need to have that plan. Yeah. That, yeah, and, and, and so to summarize that back to the question, because I've been really waffly there, mm -hmm. all of that means it takes time. Yeah. This is not an instant fix. Mm -hmm. This is something that people need to, to, to plan, deliver, measure, plan, deliver, measure, grow. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying the future is bleak at all. I think the future is actually really, you know, it's a really solid mm -hmm. place to be. If you go back to the trust theme, once an organization is working at scale with first party data, they're working with the trusted relationship they've got with their customer through consents with another organization or series of organizations who've also gone through that experience with the customer mm -hmm. and created those consents. So it's much, it's a much more trusted place to work with data. It's just going to take a bit longer yeah. to get there. Because you need the people and the data. And I mean, obviously cookies deprecating is huge. That's one of the a key challenge, I'd say, facing the industry. What, what other challenges would you say are facing the industry over the next two years? Um, I think one of the common themes that came out yesterday, and it wasn't just within retail media, is, is standards and measurement specifically. Mm. Standards around measurement. Really hot topic at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, MMM, fantastic. Mm. Um, but as several people pointed out yesterday, not for all. Um, you need a, a, a solid data science team in there to, to build out the models, and it takes a long time. People are looking for new ways to measure. I think the session um, that involved Heineken and Danone yesterday was fascinating because they are clawing or chomping at the bit for, for retailers to, to, to release data as such to be able to measure more effectively because they're naturally data poor businesses. Mm. But unless there's a standard agreed on what that measurement looks like, it's going to be a challenging space for all. Um, and I think uh, um, it was chap from ASOS, whose name just escapes Elton. me. Thank you, Elton. How rude. Um, who, who raised this really, really interesting point around ROAS. Mm. Could be considered a standard measurement, but actually, if you apply it to retail media specifically, and you've got one organization selling a pair of trainers, they're 150 quid, versus another that's selling, I don't know, a bottle of water, mm. it's very difficult to use ROAS as a standard measure. So how do we think about things like lifetime value as the measure? And if that, does that become the standard? It's all these different complexities that are naturally going to come out in the wash. But you can see that right now it's a, it is a point of pain mm -hmm. for the brands in the market wanting to be able to do more um, around measurements like incrementality, et cetera. Yeah, and kind of know what they're measuring, why they're measuring it, how they're measuring it, and, and kind of being able to... Because if, yeah, with the comparisons and things like that, that would be quite helpful for brands. Um, so they can do what, what you were mentioning earlier in that forward planning. Um, so you mentioned the kind of session with ASOS and the sessions with Heineken and Danone. What sessions did you find the most interesting? Any, any good sound bites you can share with the listeners? I love the, uh, the session by Leah Karam from um, Total Media. Oh, okay. Primarily because she raised a, a an obvious thing that wasn't that obvious. ChatGPT's hit the market. Mm -hmm. I know we've all tried to avoid that. Mm -hmm. What that's done is driven a, a, a new thirst for AI. And I say new because AI machine learning has been around for a long time. Mm. You know, building models from data has been around since I started out, and that was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But this new sort of this new thirst, is, it seems to be driving ingenuity. I mean, I, I think. Um, in her words, um, a deep, deeper understanding of the customer to, to bring that customer closer to the brand. And uh, for me, I think that's a really exciting area of potential growth now um, with organizations leveraging more and more 
um, data science to, uh, to, to do just that, to, to create that stronger relationship between the brand and customer. And, and that itself, going back to the original statement, is, is very much driven by an increased awareness thanks to our, our chat GPT. Our data, the people and the data seems to be a common theme. Yeah. <laughs> Any other key takeaways from the event? So no, I think you spent most of the time in the in this lovely room that we're in now. I um, did. I did. Yeah, retail media was here and there's a few other like kind of things. I think I think I'd I'd probably break it down to three core takeaways. Mm -hmm. Um it's brilliant to see the industry continuing to innovate to bring that brand closer to the customer. Um, through technology, through, through, through technology, through, through technology, through um, people, again, going back to the AI example, building out these teams. I mean, I think Stacey at uh, Dunhumby mentioned they've got 80 data scientists in their organisation. You know, this is, this, this is all, all about you know, bringing that brand closer to the customer. So there's innovation there. There's innovation in, um, again, clean rooms. Sorry for the plug, but, um, you know, it was mentioned numerous times in that theme yesterday that actually being able to collaborate with first-party data is going to help with all of this. But trust is critical. We've got to put, and this was, the, this was another common theme, we've got to put the customer first. Just because you can doesn't mean you should with data. Mm. Uh, there was some, a couple of really interesting sort of quotes there yesterday. So uh, Jessica Chaplow from Reprise, mm. um, common sense needs to be key here. Mm -hmm. Let's not do the, the creepy, the <laughs> creepy things you can yeah. do with data. And, uh, and actually, Francis um, from um, Ozone mm -hmm. um, jumped into the value exchange. And I think that's critical as we're, again, thinking in the realms of, in realms of the data side of things. You can only really build trust with a customer if you're giving them something back as well. Yeah. It can't just be a one-way street. We can't just use their data anymore. So I think that's, uh, that's another takeaway. And then the final one is, is, is really around the whole retail media piece. I know it was a big part of yesterday. In, in my opinion, it is going to be the thing that the market's predicting it's going to be. It's going to be huge. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not there yet, mm -hmm. I think was the, the general theme. Yeah. You think about sort of the, the challenges around some of the collaborations there, you know, the, the, the likes of the Heineken's nons saying we need more data, um, the mention of standards, et cetera. So mm -hmm. I think it's a super, super exciting space and it will continue to grow. Mm -hmm. But to get to where it's predicted to grow to, which I think it will, yeah. there needs to be some more standards, yeah. measures, people. You know, the skills gap was mentioned there. You've got retailers out there who want to go and uh, want to go and do this, mm -hmm. but they haven't got their retailers. They're experts in retail. Yeah. They haven't got the experts in data and media. Yeah. To, to, media to, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so I think there's some... Definitely some gaps to be bridged, but it's it's clearly a, a very exciting place to be. Yeah, I think a few people uh, came up to me after the retail media sessions and goes, what is retail media anyway? What, what is it? And so that's it. And so we're at this point in a very like nascent stage where people are like, oh, but what, what is this thing that we're excited about, which I thought was really interesting and hopefully kind of try to answer in the, in the sessions. But yeah, I don't know what your take is on that. Well, I, I think that's a fascinating statement because retail media is not new either. No, really? Oh, yeah, well, so retail media as a, as a concept, you know, putting um, Colgate at the end of the aisle, mm -hmm. at the eye level of the customer, mm. that's retail media. Mm -hmm. That's targeting customers based on, well, that's my view of retail media, I should yeah. caveat, sorry. Um, you know, having a radio channel advertising specific brands. Yeah, you know, that's retail media. 
I think the big change is, is this drive to off-site. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you look at the UK market and, and, and the US, actually, I'll, I'll include the two together, it's the ability to understand the behaviours of the customer based on their retail experiences and then be able to reach them off-site at scale uh, across social, across CTV, which seems to be the one that's really growing in this space, um, and then critically measure the success of those campaigns. Yeah. Which comes back to our problem we mentioned earlier, which yeah. is standards and measurement. Standards but measurement. Um, so, so just just to recap on that, because I've been waffly again, retail media has been there for a long time. I think this next evolution is really about that collaboration between um, the retailers and the media partners out there, and the ability to close loop measure. Mm, really interesting. Okay, thank you so much for joining me. I think that's all we've got time for today. But yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for the great. I'm here today with Mark Cross, uh, who is Engagement Director at JICMail. This is a joint industry currency. It's been going for five years and really want to unpack what happened at the Future of Brands earlier this week and what it means for advertisers, marketers, agencies. So, Mark, uh, what do you think is the most pressing issue facing marketers and advertisers right now? Really, it's a really sort of fascinating kind of question in itself, isn't it? Um, and uh, you know, I think that the the, the truth is, uh, in this incredibly exciting landscape, uh, so full of opportunities, that one of the age-old questions still remains: is you know, how does marketing and comms really work? Mm. And I think that's probably the big question to, for everyone to answer mm. across channels, across um, everything. Yeah. What does good look like, you know, and uh, actually how does uh, something which, which you know, the classic question about, you know, I'm never quite sure which half of my advertising budget is working or not. Mm -hmm. Somehow that still remains quite pertinent, you know, despite everything we know. Um, mm -hmm. And part of that is obviously because of the, the kind of amazing kind of network society we're now in. Uh, opens up incredible opportunities, but more than ever, you really got to know what you're you're trying to achieve with your marketing, and you really got to understand how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's the how, there's also the why, and yeah. I think a lot of the conversations, at least from my perspective, about at Future Brands were about how it's not just about the numbers, but also about the people. Came up yeah. time and time again. What were the sort of standout sessions for you? Mm -hmm. Why did you find them particularly interesting, surprising, relevant? Yeah, gosh, there was there was there was plenty, wasn't it? Because it's such a sort of rich uh, kind of discussion, uh, and it goes it goes in a bit of a blur. But but I think you know again the the, the advertiser voices are always really good to listen to because actually they need to navigate through this. So the sessions with I think the two or three uh, kind of marketing leaders from from L'Oreal, from Coke, and so on. That was a really interesting session. And I think, you know, someone described marketing as actually orchestrating the need to actually orchestrate all these opportunities and, and, and how you do that. And I think that's kind of that was an interesting kind of observation, because I think um, how does it all fit together for my brand? Um, and, and in a sense, how should I leverage that it really does, um, you know, the kind of the role of the marketeer is almost as a kind of orchestrator and conductor, both externally to consumers, uh, but also internally in their organizations, because you mentioned about people. And I think a lot of, a lot of the conversations were, yes, about uh, obviously consumers, but, but actually there's quite a lot of discussion around internal structures and internal people and having to kind of speak the language of the boardroom and so on. 
which again isn't necessarily a new kind of challenge, but it's ever more pressing. And that that really did come out. I think it's such a nice metaphor, isn't it? Of the kind of conductor with the baton and using different, yeah. I don't know, if you take it a step further, the different instruments and yeah. and musicians to different effects. And that in that sense, you can pull different levers to achieve different outcomes. So, and I, you know, and I think, you know, we've, uh, the, the kind of structure of the industry has not really helped itself. And it's kind of fascinating for, for me, being around through various eras, you know, we've had the era of the specialists, the separation of creative and the separation of media. But actually, as the complexity and convergence has increased, the need to understand the nuances of how everything blends together and, and how creative and media works together, how content and context are inextricably linked. And you as the marketeer have to, you know, conduct and orchestrate that that blend. I think is is actually the cha- actually the challenge of our time, and underneath that is mm-hmm. the, the conductor needs to know how it, how to bring it all together, how it works, and so on. Yeah, and within that, I guess there's the kind of the push and pull of the things that don't change and the things yeah. that do change, and what is new and shiny, and what is you know kind of tried and tested. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what well, I I was talking about retail media as a as an example. Mm-hmm. And how a lot of people are saying it's a very nascent, uh, I suppose, stage. But I guess that's referring to digital retail media rather than yeah. kind of POS and that sort of thing. That sometimes yeah. things get dressed up in new new clothing absolutely. or they get a bit of a revamp. We absolutely, that resonates with us because obviously we're, we're kind of rep here representing where does mail fit in the mix. You know, one of the oldest channels, you know, mm-hmm. raw mail as a sort of the, the delivery is 500 years old. You know? so, and obviously... Um, and the notion of physical mail that people interact with all of a sudden we know for example it attracts high attention when you when you interact with it which our data captures you spend quite a bit of time with it and then you actually it stimulates you to have a conversation it stimulates you to go online all these kind of connected things are very apparent in our data but it's hard for marketeers and their agencies to to actually see them holistically to really reflect the kind of consumer behaviors that are actually driving it all so so i think that's where you know we, we particularly kind of pick up on um the importance of measurement and that was really obviously one of the key topics wasn't it rightly so because that that is kind of trying to answer the question you know how, you know how is it working how is it working what is value for money in in this kind of incredible environment that we're in so the shiny and new tends to displace some of the forgotten and, uh, and there's a need there's a need for rediscovery along with actually harnessing kind of harnessing the new both things kind of got to happen mm. um, and i think that's that's apparent in some of the discussions you know yeah it's it's a uh, measurement i think uh, denise turner from root uh, calculated that we'd written 14 articles already this year yeah. on yeah. measurement and uh, i think it was right that it was such a big part of the future of brands but and i think you know, there's so many different sides to that coin of, yeah. you know, campaign measurement or audience measurement or yeah. any number of things. Uh, Denise was saying, well, just because you can measure it doesn't mean you necessarily should. You've yeah. got to go back to the why. And, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, that's we we've and absolutely our panel session was uh, picking up on, you know, the need for actually a measurement framework. You know, mm-hmm. so actually understand. So the measurement framework, all the kind of really tough thinking around what my what is my advertising and marketing designed to achieve. So kind of being really focused on what you expect your marketing to do, 
uh, and then how you layer that right through to understanding kind of you know exposure right through to kind of how people think and feel and respond and the outcomes you get so that kind of you know that is very important to us and it kind of comes out of, of actually most of the industries grappling with that measurement framework because it's hard you actually got to you've got to kind of think through some tough questions but once you've got it it's absolutely essential guidance for actually driving effectiveness of your activity and um, but it kind of sounds a bit dull but it's technically so vital so kind of really understanding your objectives don't mm -hmm. don't kind of if you just if your objectives are framed loosely in things like you know we just want to increase awareness and, and stuff like that you know fluffy objectives has got no place in this environment they've got to be really kind of drilled down so you know half the money being wasted again in part of our discussions is actually not having the right expectations of what your comms is set to achieve and the other the key importance of that framework then is to actually knit everything together so you kind of build a line of sight mm -hmm. the relationship between what you do the audiences you deliver and actually the results you achieve so yeah none of that is sort of in a sense new but it's it's absolutely an essential kind of part of the toolkit that, that kind of uh, and I, but I do and Denise's point is you've got to understand the nuances across all of that we've got to try and bring the content and the context together on that journey and, and again you know it was a brilliant obviously a brilliant session with John Hegarty who uh, was very provocative mm -hmm. and uh, you know uh, with but full of wisdom and full of experience and the challenge for marketing not to be dull you know yeah. So there's something like a measurement framework, which sort of sounds dull, is actually a sense, I would say an essential bit of kit to unlock the creativity that John is seeking. Mm. Uh, but it's gotta be the, again, a smart framework. You can't, you know, again, we, the whole business takes the easy stuff that's available, takes the kind of, again, the nonsense and the noise um, and doesn't kind of focus on what really matters. And that's because it hasn't got the guidance of that framework. Um, so that was really, you know, and it's not easy. There's no silver bullets. And I think, mm. you know, I know Cole from Direct Line and and, uh, and Emma from Manning Gottlieb, both kind of reflecting that challenge. It's a kind of quite a human challenge. Um, and actually one part of the, one of the topics talking about people was there's not enough people with the right skills mm. to actually help in that endeavor. And what's, I think, another key point was it's not just kind of agencies who need those skills these days is advertisers are taking in-house some of those skills agencies need these skills you know the effectiveness skills what i'm talking about here and, and obviously so too do the, the media channels as well mm. so one of the big people challenges which came out in several of i think the sessions was challenge of skills capability and knowledge you know we've got to kind of we've got to build our capability mm. in these critical areas as quickly as we can to be honest with you to, mm. to help us all so it's quite an urgent upskilling needed yeah. uh, across the industry. And yeah. I think, it's, I, I, so we've got kind of, it's it's a real mixed bag of kind of the, the measurement and the people and the tradition and the old and new. And I think, would you say, I mean, that's enough challenges to be going on with. What, yeah. what do you, else would you consider to be a, the kind of one of the key challenges facing the industry over the next couple of years? So, you know, I think it is, it, it, it inevitably kind of spills into how do you structure for that? You know, because, because, you know, a bit like I was saying, how we sort of probably, we've separated creative and media, for example, in the past. But actually, we, we kind of now need to kind of bring them together more. 
and we need to kind of you know we need one one version of the truth about an understanding of what works and much more shared knowledge much more shared data there was an interesting acknowledgement i think from the um the lead at salesforce in the discussion is that you know principles are fine the practice is you know people don't share the data <laughs> and, and there's quite often good reason for that but if you don't connect and share the data you're not going to harness the value of data across your business uh, and it's got huge potential and some of the kind of new techniques and so on obviously vital but we kind of need the foundations and the and the structures right in order for that to thrive so i do think there's a big re kind of uh, ordering of the structures in the business you know about who does what and probably more needs to be done together more needs to be holistic you know many years ago i would have talked about the need for holistic evaluation okay and and the need to sort of understand that that's just a, it's even a kind of even more relevant and bigger word now you know we need to it's even more holistic you know because things are more fragmented so our view and our capability needs to bring things all together to have one strategy to have obviously it leveraged across a multiplicity of kind of outlets and channels but through out of a common understanding of what works and, and hence back to that kind of okay so you know let's pull in all the understanding around the delivery the role of the content as well as the role of the channel all together and, and an audience measurement has a critical role but is only one part of that ecosystem okay. um, so yeah i mean i think that's uh, how do we make sense of it all how do we bring it all together better for clients because actually it's not easy but if it's what's the phrase if it's not easy it's not worth doing yeah so yeah. i if think see if you're finding this easy you're probably not thinking about it enough so again that's the other the other uh and we were very i guess just drawing upon a wider experience is that you know we are so focused on getting the campaigns out we are so focused on briefing and delivering the campaign and indeed a lot of the incentives in the business are driving that um, you know, we get paid for delivery. So that means we don't spend enough time thinking about the problem. We don't actually spend enough time trying, again, a lovely little vignette on behavioral kind of insights in one of the sessions as a kickoff, you know, understanding how we make decisions as human beings, you know, how we're going to respond to AI and how we, you know, the, the realities of our decision-making and, and, and how we're wired is a fundamental kind of bit of understanding that needs to go across everything. But we don't spend enough time thinking about it. Mm. So... We don't spend enough time with the problem. We're not going to frame the kind of, you know, the role for comms in the right way. We're going to probably expect it to do too much. We'll expect it to do too much in the short term. We won't understand the nuances of how it kind of fits with other things going on across the organization and so on and so on. So I kind of think uh, going forward, we need to create a bit more strategic space and time to think about the problems properly. That's That's another tip from me. I think that's a lot of great food for thought there. And I think that's a great note to end on and maybe maybe something we could look at at the next Future of Brands. Brilliant. Thank you so yeah. much, Mark. No, no problem. Look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the Media Leader Podcast. This episode was edited by our production partners, Trisonic. You can find and listen to all our episodes on our website at themedialeader.co.uk or wherever you get your podcasts. But just remember, please do subscribe to be notified when we release our next episode. From all of us at The Media Leader, I'm editor Omar Oaks. Our executive producer is Jack Benjamin. See you next time.